0: Does anybody remember back to 1979? Most of you weren't born, were you? (laughs) In the summer of 1979, I was preparing to go to college. And um, I went to a camp, first camp I'd ever been to that summer, Summer Games Camp. We talk about Summer Games uh, University here at Pray Bible a lot because many of our students are still going to that very same camp um, today. And uh, I went to the very first one in 1979. I had accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior uh, probably about a year, maybe two years before that. I don't remember exactly for sure. But at that camp that summer, um, my faith went into overdrive. I fell passionately head over heels in love with Jesus that summer. And when I got home from, from camp that summer, I, 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 I knew I needed to tell somebody about what had happened to me. And one of the first people I thought of was my friend Randy Huggins. Uh, Randy was one of my best friends. and I, So I jumped in the car when I got home from camp and I, I started driving over to his house and, and I started to imagine um, how I should share with him all that had happened to me that week. And the closer I got to his house, the more um, I was, became unsure of what I should share. How he, Randy hadn't been there it had been a life-changing encounter for me. But how did I share it in a way that, it would, that he would understand the impact that it had? on? I mean, the more I thought about it, the more weird it started feeling to me. I thought, was he going to think I'm weird? Some religious freak or something now? Uh, and I just, I, was, I started to feel awkward. I have no idea whether that's happened to anybody else. But my suspicion is, if you've ever had um, a life-changing experience, um, you've struggled with some of those same thoughts yourselves. Like, how do I share this with somebody in a way that they would would get it, right? Without it being awkward. Well, if you've had an experience like that this morning, as we look at the Christmas story, um, I think there's some lessons in the Christmas story that might help you with that. It seems strange because you think you know the Christmas story real well. You've been listening to the Christmas story your whole life. Me too. Even before I was a Christian, I knew, the, I knew the Christmas story. But there's a part of the Christmas story that I want to share with you this morning, and it's the part that has to do or the perspective that has to do with the shepherds. Now, the shepherds are as famous in the Christmas story as the baby himself, right? But I'm going to share with you a perspective the shepherd's perspective of the Christmas story that I'm going to suspect that you have never considered before. And there is a lesson or two in this perspective that might actually help you today. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. I think that's found on page 1019. Is that right? You got it? Is that right? 1018 something. Right in there somewhere, if you're using the church Bibles. If you're using your own Bibles, I can't help you, all right? What I want you to do this morning is I want you to imagine yourselves in the shoes, or the sandals, as the case may be, of the shepherds, all right? Um, The life of a shepherd was, for the most part, pretty peaceful. They were, you were, you are on the hills just outside of Bethlehem. Um, you're tending your sheep, your flocks. Uh, Chances are you're a teenage boy. Did you know that? Now, how do you know that, Craig? Well, I'll tell you because it was the tradition, it is the tradition for the youngest son of the family and when they're old enough to go out and tend the sheep. So there's a real good chance you're a teenage boy um, and Your only job is to take care of these sheep, which is kind of a routine, mundane job most of the time until a wild animal comes up, just kind of wanders in looking for a tasty treat, right? But you're prepared because you have become an expert with a slingshot, right? And you know how to use the shepherd's hook. So you're ready. But today, it's just a regular day. The day has been good, Night has begun to fall. Um, the stars are shining brightly in the sky. And there's peace in the world. It's a beautiful scene. But suddenly all of that changes. Because what? A, just right in the middle of this idyllic, peaceful scene appears an angel. Right? You know the story. This is, this, so the angel appears and the scripture tells us there in Luke chapter two that he is there's this brilliant white light emanating from him, and you know how it is when you're when your eyes have acclimated to the dark and somebody turns a switch on right away. It's just like ah like that. Well, that, that's what that's how you've reacted to this this angel appearing to you. But you've it's not just a bright light. There is an angel that has appeared to you, right? So you're a little bit scared. Has anybody ever had an angel appear to you? If you have, you would be scared. I'm telling you, okay? But the angel says, don't be afraid. It's okay. I have come to you with good news of a great joy, for today has been born in the city of David, in in the town of Bethlehem, Christ, the Christ child, the Messiah has been born. Now, if it couldn't get any more weird than that, uh, suddenly... uh, There is a multitude of angels appear. Now, we don't know what a multitude is, but I will just assume it's a lot, right? A whole multitude of shining bright angels appear to them proclaiming glory to God in the highest, goodwill to all, and peace to all who have found favor with the Lord. Can you imagine? You know, that, that story is so familiar to you, you just kind of hear it and you just go, well, that's just a story, right? I've been hearing it my whole life. Imagine yourself in that story. You just had church with a bunch of angels, amen? By the way, you have church with a bunch of angels every Sunday. And it's not necessarily the person sitting next to you, unless it's my wife. <laughs> Seriously, you do. You know that, right? You have church with the angels every week. They may not be appearing to you as this bright light, but you do. I want you to remember that because, because often we can get, everything can become so routine and mundane that we forget the supernatural that is occurring all around us all the time. Don't do that. Stop for a moment, would you, and just consider that there are angels all around us who have come to have church with us today. Amen. Amen. You're excited, right? That you're having church with the angels, and you're excited, and you're 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 talking. So imagine. Remember, you're the you're the you're the shepherds. You're you're a bunch of teenage boys. You just had. One of the most exciting, life-changing experiences of your life, and you say, "Did you see that?" And that was awesome And right? That's how it would be. And suddenly, in the midst of all this, somebody says, "You know, we got to go, we got as exciting as it was to have church with the angels. The most exciting part of the whole event was the fact that they were among the very first in the world to know that the Messiah had been born. People had been waiting for centuries for this very moment, right? And somehow, for some reason, the angels came to them and said, you guys, guess what? So they're saying, you know what? We need to go find this baby because it said it was going to be born right down there in Bethlehem. Let's go. And somebody else says, but who's going to watch the sheep? And I imagine somebody else says, don't worry about it. God's got it. (laughs) I don't know. So they head down the road and they're still excited chattering about everything that had happened to them. But I wonder, as they're heading down the mountain into the to the city, I wonder if they didn't begin to wonder. This is kind of crazy. This, this sounds crazy to me! Does this sound crazy to you? Who's, are they going to believe me? Are they going to believe me? Are they going to be... You know... I wonder if they didn't begin to wonder if they shouldn't just go back and tend their sheep. But they didn't, did they? Because we know the story, right? We know the story. We know that they continued on into Bethlehem and they found the baby lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, just as the angels had proclaimed that they would find them. And then it says this in in Luke chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, right? You got it in front of you? It says that they they proclaimed to those that were there all that they had seen and heard, right? they, They shared all that they had seen and heard. And then look what happens next. I think this is verse 18. It says, all those who were standing around wondered about what they had said. Have you ever seen that before? I, I've read that. I don't even know how many times I've read that verse or that passage. It says, and all those that, stand, or that heard wondered about what the shepherds had said. Now, as I contemplated that this week, I'm going, you know, that doesn't necessarily sound like they were convinced by what the shepherds had said. What do you think, right? I mean, if they had been blown away and said, yeah, I believe you, they would have said, those who were standing around believed what the shepherds had said, but they wondered instead what the shepherds had said. What were they wondering? They could have just as easily been wondering, I wonder if what those boys have been smoking out on the field. <laughs> right? That's more logical. And then, look what the shepherds did in response to their wondering. It says that they went away praising God for all that they had seen and experienced that night. Hmm. So what is it that we can learn from the Christmas story today? That might actually apply to our lives today? What is it that we can learn from these shepherd boys? From the Christmas story that might actually apply? Well, there are a couple things I see. You may see other things, but I see at least two. The first thing I see is this. When you... Have a life-changing experience with God, and you wonder about how how should I share this with people? Just tell them the truth. Just tell them what you've seen and heard. No more. You don't. It doesn't need to be any more or less, right? If, if if it's changed your life, it doesn't need to be any more or less, right? And then you need to remember lesson number two on the heels of that because this is where we fall off the rails. Because no more, no less. Just tell them what you've seen and heard. Tell them the truth. And then lesson number two is remember that it ain't your job to make sure that they believe it. Because it isn't. It's not your job. Do the best you can to to share what you have seen and heard, tell them the truth, and then leave the rest of it up to God, right? Let them decide, and then go off regardless of how they receive it, and praise the Lord because of what you have seen and heard. Amen? I've been, I was thinking about, remember that story I was telling you earlier about my friend Randy? And how I was thinking it was going to get awkward because I didn't know for sure how to When I got there, I went ahead and did it anyway. I didn't turn around and go back to my sheep, if you will. Um, I went, but I was, I did feel awkward. But I told him what had happened to me. And you know, the truth is he didn't get it. He He was gracious enough to listen to what I had to say, but he didn't get it. I could tell by the look on his face he didn't get it. but it's okay, because I did. And you know what I've found since? I've I've shared that story about what happened to me that first year at Summer Games Camp. I've shared that story thousands of times, right, Lisa? Thousands of times, in front of thousands of people, actually. (laughs) And what I have discovered is that some of them actually have got it. And when they did, they had their own life-changing encounter with God. In fact, this might be one of those times. Listen to me, Al. Listen very closely. The mistake that we human beings often make about life-changing experiences with God is that we fall into the trap of believing that there's got to be a multitude of angels. Or that we've got to have one of those proverbial lightning bolt conversion experiences. When the fact is, life-changing encounters with God can and probably should be happening every day. Because the truth is, God is... Reaching out to have an encounter with you all the time. It could be happening right now. On some random Sunday morning in December, in Iowa, in a worship service in a place that kind of looks like a Chinese restaurant. I'm suddenly hungry. <laughs> it could happen. It could be happening right now. The only thing that, that really is maybe standing in the way of it happening is you. Are you ready? Part of it is just you making the conscious decision that I want what this Jesus has to offer. So I'm going to ask the question this morning. I do this every week, by the way, if you're new with us. I'm going to ask the question, have you made the conscious decision to accept Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior? That has to happen. For you to, for you to have a, any life-changing encounter, It requires you deciding, making a conscious decision that I am open. I want this Jesus. If you do, I can guarantee you that he wants you. So what does it look like? It's very simple. It's not easy, and I I say that every week too. It's not easy, but it is simple. It's confessing that you're a sinner, and you are. I'm not pointing fingers. If, If I am, I'm pointing them back at myself because I'm a sinner too. It's confessing that you are a sinner and then asking God to forgive you and instantly He will say, I already have. Because that baby that was born in a manger 2,000 years ago grew to be a man who would die on the cross for your sins. And then He would rise again on the third day gaining victory over sin and death. And he's offering you not just the forgiveness. He is offering you adoption into the family. He's offering you a life-changing, an eternity-changing experience. And all you need to do is say yes to Jesus. Right over there is our prayer room. If anybody would... Like to pray that prayer with your pastor, be my privilege. I'll be over there in just a minute. I'd be my privilege to pray that prayer with you. Um, You don't need to pray it with me. You can pray it right there in your seats if you want to. But if you'd like to pray that prayer with the pastor, I'll be right over there. If there's something else going on in your life that you'd like a prayer with your pastor about, I'll be right over there.